for scripture reading time. Today's scripture reading comes from Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 to 9. I'm going to be reading slowly. You will have PowerPoints. Yes. Um, and so let's read aloud together. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I commend you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is God's word. You can be seated. Uh, today I'm not preaching. We have a special treat. Uh, Pastor Susan, for those of you who don't know her, uh, let me introduce her before she comes up to preach God's word for us this morning. She is our Dear pastor, serving as the director of the education department, overseeing children's ministry as well as high sea ministry, having graduated from Tyndale Seminary uh, in Christian education. She has been actually serving at our church the longest amongst our staff, from what I know. Past 20 years, she's been with our church over 20 years, since 2004. And I've had the privilege of having her as my dear sister in Christ and as a colleague. All my three children, uh, have actually gone through her ministry, and we're so blessed to have her being our pastor, our children's pastor. She loves God. She loves our children. She loves our church with heart of Christ and heart of a mom. She's a mother to three children and a wife to an amazing, supportive husband. I don't know where she finds her spare time, but during her spare time, she actually volunteers as a parent involvement advisory committee ward rep for TDSB and also works as a director for Toronto Asian Parents Association, living her missional life, being involved in uh, different um, areas of the life in the education uh, in the city. And more than anything, she's a woman of God and um, when she has to use her authoritative voice to disciple our children at church, she may sound really tough outside, but she has, those of you who know her personally, she has such a soft, gentle, and caring and kind heart. It is our great delight to have her speak God's word with us this morning. Please welcome Pastor Susan. It's good to be here, but I'm not going to say that I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I don't particularly enjoy preaching to adults because it's harder than kids. Because kids, you know, I can make a little joke and it's cheesy and whatever and they start laughing. But with adults, you just kind of look at me with blank stares and then I get really nervous. And I know kids, uh, people ask me like, Susan, you still get nervous? And I go, oh my gosh, I get nervous all the time. Like I always question myself. And especially in front of adults, it's, it's harder. But anyways, let's go through the grace of God. So Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9, so Pastor Chang-soo had asked me to talk, to speak 
uh, to New Hope about missions and what it means to have a missional heart in the home. And so there's two points that I'd like to focus on today. The first point is that you shall teach the word of God diligently to your children. And now there are people here sitting in this place who are like, well, I'm not a parent, so now I'm going to shut down. Well, not really, because as, as members in a community, there are always going to be children wherever you go. And so I want to encourage those who are not, who don't have children at the home or you're not married yet or just don't have children, encourage you to teach the children within this community, the children in this church, because we're always lacking Sunday school teachers, we're always lacking volunteers to work with uh, our children. Because we are always lacking uh, people in, in children's ministry, our VBS is run very differently from other churches. We don't rely on adult teachers. The people who come and lead our kids, we have 200 kids registered for VBS. We just finished two weeks and we're into our third week. But the kids who come and who are, being, who are leading are actually grade eight students. So we run a leadership program and they get trained for four years. And then the top tier leaders are our grade eight leaders and they come and they lead the groups of 200 kids. And then the next level are our high C students, our high school students. We call them high C because it's, the, it's a short form for high school Christian. So there are high C students who come and they volunteer to lead the games and just kind of be a supervisory role for our kids. So this is how we run. But we would love to see more adults get involved in the lives of our children and be mentors and influence our children in, leading, in living a godly and missional life. The second part is the word of God must be in all aspects of our life, present in all when we sit and when you rise and you see it in this verse. So these are the two points that I'd like to focus on. We often talk about being missional and we nod our heads when the pastor speaks about being missional. We know that this is what we must do, but is this how we really live? Uh, I was speaking with a mentor with whom I respect very much, and I was telling her how I was struggling at home. So this uh, past four, three, four months has been the hardest at home for me in my home life with my children. So. Um, it's funny how God never gives you a perfect life, right? So now things are good with my husband, and then my children decide to wreck it all. <laughs> uh, I, I personally think that I have a very good relationship with my children. We're very communicative, they're very communicative, and especially my second one. Uh, and he's really talkative to me. He tells me everything. He's like, Mom, this and that and that. But in the past three, four months, he's decided to take all of his puberty and adolescence and all the rebelliousness into and mash it into the past three months and really just kill me. And I just looked at the, all three of my children and I said, you guys are trying to kill me, aren't you? You, you all three just gathered together to try and kill me. And they all look at me, and they get really upset when I say, say this. And, um, it's, you know, so I'm like, okay, uh, that's wrong on my part. I shouldn't say this to you guys. But seriously, what are you all doing? <laughs> and I just look, I look at my third one, and I say, what will you do to me? Right? Um, 
I, before COVID, I really, like, I love it when my kids are home. I know some parents say, I hate it when my kids are home. I can't wait for school to start. But I actually liked it when my kids were home. I liked spending time with them at home and, and having family time and going places with them. But after COVID, I remember in the last couple months of COVID, I was folding laundry and I was thinking, what if my children never leave this house? What if this is my life forever? And they decide not to get married and decide to stay with me forever because my husband's rule is you can't leave this house until you get married with my kids. And I'm like, oh my gosh, can I live another few, you know, many years until I die like this? I'm like, this is not the life that I want. And I told my kids, can you all leave? And so um, anyways, this struggle that I'm having with my children and so then my mentor comes and we're talking and I told her I'm so tired that I'm gonna just run away she said where are you gonna run I said I'm gonna run to the mission field I'm running away and I'm gonna go to missions I gotta go work at Potter's in Vancouver where we often go do mission trips there I work with the homeless they're easier than my three children and um and she just looked at me very seriously and she said, Susan, uh, the mischief field doesn't need broken people running away from their brokenness. Stop using mission field as a place to run away to. The mission field needs people who have a healthy relationship with Christ through their brokenness. I went, oh, sorry. People... Um, when we think about our homes, and it's not just parents, but us as well, with our parents, those of you who are in university or college, we're, we often think, I want to be missional. I want to live a godly life. I want to live the life that represents Christ. And we sit here thinking, this is the way we want to live. But oftentimes, we are not very successful in living that life. Um, and it's oftentimes because we have often just put band-aids over our wounds rather than clearing our souls from the toxins that have polluted our souls. So a missional home begins not with our parents, not with our children, but with me first. And so this time, in the last three, four months of time, what it has done is it has shown me all of the toxins that I still maintain in my heart that I thought I had given up. The things that I thought I had cleared out were still there. And it was the first time ever in all my years of being a parent with my children, my eldest is 20, where my second one just looked at me dead straight in the eye and he said, Mom, you're a hypocrite. Children in the homes are the first to call out their parents and the inconsistencies of their parents in their spiritual life. I used to think I had a really good relationship with my son until he called me a hypocrite. I realized I still have so much more to grow and to learn. And if parents, you think you're safe, your children tell me everything. It's just that I don't, I pretend I don't know when I see you. I greet you with a smile. 
<laughs> I shake your hand, but they tell me the darkest, deepest things that you, and, and don't go home and then go, what did you tell Pastor Susan? Because your children probably won't remember oftentimes, but they needed to say it somewhere. And don't worry, I'm not talking about you behind your back to other people. I only talk about the pastors. Um, so often, like, I'll, I'll share pastors' kids, because oftentimes we think, think of pastors' families as they're supposed to be the ideal, perfect family, the most missional family, and we're actually the worst, I have to tell you. I remember there was a one, time, one time where I'm talking with a whole group of kids and we're all sitting there and I say, guys, we want to share your highs and lows and how can we pray together? Let's have a time of prayer. And these kids are sh- putting up their hands. My high this week is it. And then one of our pastor's students, uh, pastor's child, raises his hand and he says to me, Pastor Susan, you need to pray for me. I have a low to share with you. And I said, okay, what, what's your low? And he goes, my parents are getting a divorce. I'm like, uh, um, did they really say that? I think they were just joking. No, we need to start praying for them right now. I'm like, okay, you and I are going to have a talk afterwards because you just shared this very publicly in front of everybody. Let's talk later. And then, you know, we'll, I'll go and speak to the parent, you know, the pastor, and they'll say, oh, my goodness, we, we were fighting, and I can't believe that he said this to everybody. Now the whole church will know. And I said, don't worry, we're going to pray about it. You know, it's not just those pastors, uh, like other, the associate pastors, my own children did it to me too. There was one time Jack and I were fighting like crazy, and Caitlin, my eldest, was in grade six, this first time she has social media, and, um, and Jack and I were arguing, and I was like, I'm going to leave you, and he's like, no, I'm going to divorce you first, and we're going back and forth because we're just getting really angry and heated up. And so here is my daughter. She has a phone. We got her her first phone. She, she went on Instagram. She posts a picture of herself crying, and she says, this is what I look like when my parents are getting divorced. And then I get a, I get a phone call from a friend, and she goes, Susan, is everything okay at home? I was like, yeah, What's, why, are you, why are you asking me that? She goes, well, you better look at Caitlin's Instagram post. And I go, okay, I look it up, and there's that post. I went, oh, my goodness. I'm going to kill her right now, but I can't because then I go to jail. So I had to call my sister and say, can you call Caitlin, and can you talk to her about posting things publicly <laughs> and things like that. We resolved it. Um, but oftentimes, we, he- we see our most brokenness, the things that we do most wrong from our children. And I think our children give us the clearest picture of who we are and what we are at home. So what then, how can we live in a family, and what does a missional home look like? So there are two things. The first, you shall teach your children or the children of this church the word of God diligently. Teach by example, not just by the words that you lecture or speak, but by the actions that you do. Don't equate perfection 
with consistency because God never asked us to be perfect. And I think that's the danger of social media. We want to see this perfect life, this perfect lifestyle that everyone should have. But that is not what God requires from us. What God requires from us is consistency. To do things little by little, to change little by little, and that consistency will develop perseverance in your life. God requires us to be consistent in our actions, not perfect. And oftentimes I think we equate the two, perfection and consistency. We think that we have to be perfect, but that's not true. God doesn't want us to be perfect. He wants us to be consistent. If you look at all the heroes in the Bible, you will see how imperfect they were, how they sinned greatly before God, but it wasn't that which, you know, God was going after them for or, or he didn't laud them for their great works. He lauded them for their consistency in their faith. And the second thing that we need to do is to drench our home, our house, our personal lives with prayer. You can, and I'm going to talk to moms, because I think moms, we have the hardest thing, where we have to be perfect. You have to be the superwoman. You have to manage your home. You have to manage your career. You have to manage the children. Um, but I think what we have to do is to learn to let things go, but not to let one thing go, and that's prayer. Never let prayer go, because prayer also goes hand in hand with perseverance. It is when we sit in the presence of God that we are able to see others and ourselves the way God sees us. If we're not sitting in prayer, we're looking at a very faulty mirror. But when we are sitting in prayer, we're seeing the image of God reflected in us. And we see how God loves us and how much he desires us to be with him. Kevin DeYoung speaks about a long wandering prayer. He says that we should be spending time in prayer at least two hours a day in prayer i was like two hours how do you do two hours in prayer i'm so busy i don't have two hours but martin luther said when i'm busy the more busier i am the more i pray and this is how important prayer is he says that prayer is a form of thinking in the presence of god according to the word of god by the spirit of god through the Son of God. I'll say it one more time. He says that prayer is a form of thinking in the presence of God, according to the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, through the Son of God. So prayer is not just you just sit there and you're just rambling words here and there, but prayer it should not occur without the Word of God. It should be a daily part of our life. And so we see that in Deuteronomy, where it says to put it on your gates, on your doorposts, everywhere you are. It should be the word of God should be embedded into our hearts and so that that word of God goes out in our prayer. So we're praying through the word of God as we're walking, as we're talking, as we're doing anything. I tell our kids often, 
the little kids. You should even be praying when you're sitting on the toilet. And they're like, ew. I said, no. Say, thank you, God, for my stomach and for everything that I'm releasing from my body. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I love preaching to kids because they take it literally and they actually practice it. With adults, when I, when, you know, when, when we hear things, we all nod our heads, but how much of it does it really go into practice? I tell our children that reading the Bible is a daily time with God, that you have to take this time, that you need this time to live a successful faith life. And so with our kids, I often give them actions. And so how often should you pray and read your Bible, guys? And they'll say every day at the same time in the same place. And so I've asked them to create a space in their room somewhere where they will meet God every day at the same time in the same place. Well, one of the days, one of the moms comes to me and she says, oh, um, Pastor Susan, what did you say to my daughter? And I said, why? And she goes, because she's under her bed every day. And I asked her why she's, the, why she's there. And she said, Pastor Susan told me to be here. I said, oh, I, I, said, I didn't tell her to go under her bed. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, she was saying that you told them that they had to create a, a space that is their own. And she said that the only space that she has that is her own is under her bed. <laughs> so every night she would go under her bed, take a flashlight, put out her Bible, read it and pray and then come out. This is so sweet of our kids. I love the innocence of our children. I often tell our kids that every morning when you wake up, you have to say to yourself, shout it really loudly, I am a child of God. And so our kids throughout VBS have been chanting to themselves, I am a child of God. I am very good. I will do great things. I am a blessing. And they keep saying this to themselves. And I say, do this every morning. Shout it out. As soon as you wake up, don't forget. And so one of our grade one students, in the morning, she woke up shouting, I am a child of God. I am a blessing. And the mom was like, was like why is she shouting? She ran to the room and said, what are you doing? She goes, Pastor Susan said... And I'm sure some of your parents have heard this because you often tell me, Pastor Susan said, and I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not what I want them to say. I want them to say, Jesus says. I have to change this. But these, she said, Pastor Susan said that I'm supposed to shout, I'm a child of God, I'm a blessing, so that I start my day well. And so what happened the next day? The mom, as soon as she heard her child shouting this, the mom shouted with her, I'm a child of God, I'm a blessing. We need to consistently teach our children the values that we want them to have. And it's not just speaking it, but acting it. So if I want my child to be prayerful, then who needs to be prayerful first? Me. If I want them to have the word of God as their foundation, then the foundation needs to start with me. We have to remember that, that that prayerful life is not just an action, but a running dialogue focused on the word of God. 
that we need to fill our hearts with the word of God, with prayer, and drench it so that our homes are filled and overflowing with the word of God. Um, every Friday at the end of our VBS, I usually give the children a time of commitment where they get to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And our kids are really cute because, you know, they receive Jesus Christ like 10 times throughout their like, entire elementary uh, years. But that's okay. You know, I tell them they're not losing their salvation, but they're like, I'm not sure when I did it the first time, so I'm going to do it the second time. And then when they get to the eighth time, they're like, yeah, I really mean it now, right? But, uh, you know, we're, they're, they're sitting here in this sanctuary, and, and it seems like they're not listening because they're so fidgety and they're just all over the place. And, you know, um, and so I think sometimes they're not really understanding what is going on until I get a text message from one of our parents. And this is a grade one student. She said, Pastor Susan, today my daughter told me that she made a commitment to Jesus Christ. She asked Jesus to be in her heart. And I know it must be real because for the first time, my daughter said, I feel peace in my heart. And I thought this child was all over the place, squirmy and everywhere, but she had accepted Jesus Christ during our VBS. I often tell our parents, don't uh, send your children to other camps. There's always opportunity for other camps, but make sure church camp is one of your priorities, at least once throughout the week so that your children will hear and live and breathe in the community of Christ. Another mom told me that, because I've been telling our kids, YouTube is not worship. Sorry, those of you who are in YouTube right now. <laughs> I often tell our kids, YouTube is not worship. YouTube is only for when you're sick or on vacation. But that you need to be physically present, present in the community, in the church, worshiping God with a community of, and having fellowship of believers. And so this one time I'm preaching this to one of our EM, uh, to our EM Sparks kids, and mom tells, comes to me and says, uh, Pastor Susan, my son got really mad at me last Sunday. I said, why? And she goes, because you said that you ha we have to be at physically present in the church and I was tired, and I didn't want to go to church, and he got mad. He wouldn't speak to us for the whole day. <laughs> and so he came to church. Parents, the values you want your children to have need to be shown by example and not just by words. If you want your children to understand what it means to be resilient, to persevere in faith, we have to show it to them through our actions. Our community needs to show it through our actions as a community, because our children are watching constantly. I thought that I was living a pretty good life until the past couple months when my son called me a hypocrite and told me that, Mom, I'm disappointed in how you live your life. And that really broke me to the core. Uh, and it made me really rethink, am I living the life that I want my children to live? And it made me really reassess how I speak to my husband, 
how I speak to my kids, um, and how I interact with others. And so I had to sit all three of them down and I asked them, guys, what is most hardest about me? And they said this, mom, we love you and everything is good and we don't question our faith because of you. You've taught us to be faithful, but there's only one time, not like one instant, but the, the, one time, the times where we find it most hard to be with you is when you're angry because you don't filter what you say to us or to others. And it would be good if you thought before you spoke. That was really hard to hear. Really hard to hear, but something necessary for me to hear. And so I think we as adults, as we stand before our kids, I hope that there's a point in my life when uh, I have to release my children to their future spouses or into the world, that they will turn around and say, thanks, mom. Thanks, mom, for living your life. Thanks, dad, for living your life. And I hope that also my children will also say. Because I've done ministry in this church, and my children, all three of them, have been raised in this church. But when I do ministry in this church, I did it not because it was work for me, but I did ministry because I wanted it to be a community for my children, that they saw this community as their home, as a place where they would come to when they felt most broken, not a place that they would run away from because they saw so much brokenness. And I believe that the community, or like Presbyterian Church, New Hope Fellowship is that community, and I love it, that our children find this place as their safe place, that they come to the house of God because they know it is the house of God. And I want to encourage all of the adults who are sitting here in this place, please be with your children. Please love the children. Please be an example to our children so that they will come in all of their brokenness, in all of their traumas, in all the things that this world tells them, that they know that they can come to church and be safe no matter who they are, no matter what they've experienced, no matter what is going on in the world around them, that they can be in the presence of God, drenched in prayer, drenched in the word of God by adults who create a safe space for them where they can be who they need to be and that they can live the purpose that God has created for them. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this community, uh, for our church members, for our congregation, for their love for the education ministry, for their desire, Lord, to really live a missional life. Father, we pray as we look into our personal lives, convict us of the things that we need to uh, surrender to you. 
Lord, we know that you don't expect us to be perfect. So we ask that we also let go of our pride. Help us to be more consistent in our prayer walk with you through the word of God. May we really understand what it means to love you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And we pray, Lord, that this community will be one that walks in the spirit of God and that will draw many who are broken into the presence of God. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for this worship. And we pray for continual healing and blessing upon this church and this congregation. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Jesus, we thank you that you have given up yourself so that in response to you and your giving of yourself, we have now committed ourselves to give up our bodies, our lives as a living sacrifice. Thank you for the privilege and a blessing that we get to live for you, your kingdom that will last forever and ever. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who gives us courage and faith and hope and love to follow you faithfully even when we fail. In the midst of all of our imperfections, we thank you that you encourage us to run this race of faith together with Jesus and together with the saints in our midst. So may we be church, O oh God, who are drenched with your word in our hearts, in our homes, in this church, drenched in prayer, so that out of an overflow, we may serve you and bless the nations. So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the unconditional and amazing love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the saints be with all of God's people now and forevermore. Amen.